Welcome to Our House, the only complete on-air resource for your home ownership needs. Now, here's the host of Our House, Peter Hunt. Good morning and welcome to Our House. This is Peter Hunt and the show is brought to you by the continuously improving HuntRealEstate.com where everything is truly easier for your real estate and home ownership experience. HuntRealEstate.com is powered by Hunt Real Estate ERA here in Buffalo, Niagara, all across upstate New York and also through our links to Boston, Massachusetts and Phoenix, Arizona. The show is also brought to you by Hunt Mortgage, NMLS number 37405. Hunt Mortgage is an equal opportunity lender. Call them today, 633-3700, and ask one of our very skilled mortgage consultants to work with you to find the lowest rate and closing costs for your particular home financing needs and wants. That's always our guarantee. Also ask about our many exclusive programs, including our unique pre-purchase commitment that allows you at no cost or risk to effectively enter the market to find your next home with cash. And today is very competitive residential real estate market where there is a shortage of listings. When you find the house you want, you want to make sure that your offer is as strong as possible when there are often more than one offer. From a seller's perspective, cash is very persuasive. Working with a skilled hunt sales professional armed with your pre-purchase commitment, your offer is the equivalent of cash, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. To learn more, call Hunt Mortgage today, 633-3700 for personalized customized service that will knock your socks off. And don't forget about the first ever 24-7, 365 real estate hotline, the Hunt Hotline, which gives you access to all available information about any property listed for sale here in Buffalo, Niagara, and all across the markets we serve. The local number is 716-631-4800. Call that number. Enter the street number of the house you want to know about, no matter whose listing it is. It does not have to be ours. And the hotline will prompt you with a choice of street names. Select the one you want. You'll hear a brief description, and then you'll be texted a link to a dedicated website on that property. It's all automatic and just that fast. Anytime in any market we serve on any listing, whether it's ours or any other brokers, doesn't matter. Today, for sales, signs have pictures of agents, QR codes, phone numbers, web addresses, and are just plain confusing. Make it easy on yourself. Just remember the Hunt Hotline, 631-4800, for complete information instantaneously. Hunt is the official real estate and relocation provider of our hometown professional teams, the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Rochester Americans. We're also proud supporters of our Buffalo Bisons, who we are glad to see finish their season here at home, which is nice to see. We are broadcast live on WBN 930 AM and 98.5 FM HD3. You can listen live anywhere in the world through the Odyssey app or at WBEN.com. And for those of you who would like to participate in today's show, if you have questions or comments about any aspect of real estate or what we'll be talking about with my guest, call or text us here in the studio at 803-0930. Phone call or text, same number. If you're a long distance, it's 1-800-616-9236. And if you're mobile, star 930. Those are all free calls, so join us on the air at our house. We have a very special show for you today. Live remote, respecting social distance, is Robert Joya, who is the president of the John R. O'Shea Foundation. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Peter. It's good to have you back. It's been about a year. so It, it has been, yes. So Back I, and being able to converse with colleagues and friends about all the great stuff going on in western New York. And I'm, I'm really anxious to hear your take on a bunch of things, but first of all, Let's um, t- tell us tell us who John o- R. O'Shai was and and how this foundation came to exist. Well, um, it's, th- this is so typical of of Western New York, and it's even being relived in, within the last twenty years. But back in nineteen sixteen, um, 
John O'Shai was the manager of the Tech Theater downtown Buffalo. And he was driving home at night, um, and it was a little misty, cloudy, rainy, and he unfortunately struck a cyclist and was so traumatized by that event, he decided he was determined to find a way to clear the windshield in, in during weather and events that he experienced. Fortunately, the cyclist was not injured. A year later, John and two of his close friends formed a company called Trico. And the year after that, they patented the windshield wiper, and the rest is history. And John grew the business, and in 1947 or so, he established a foundation in honor of his deceased wife and daughter, and it was to really care for those in the community, and it has been doing that ever since. The foundation, when Trico was sold, the foundation was funded by Trico stock, and by when it was sold, the foundation had a value of $220 million. And Tom Baker was the first president, served for about seven or eight years, and I've had the delight and pleasure of of continuing Mr. O'Shai's wishes to invest in the people and the assets of Western New York uh, for the last 15 years. And we're now up to about $325 million. And we, and during my tenure of 15 years, have awarded uh, with my colleagues, uh, not only staff, but also board. I have nine board members and nine staff members. So it's a team of 18 that you know, we've invested over a quarter of a billion dollars in Western New York. So we're just, it's just, it's been one heck of a ride and it's been a thrill. And I pointed out, Peter, because the, we've seen things with, whether it be Patrick Lee, whether it be Peter Tower, whether it be Jack Cullen, um, there are many people that are doing this today where they're taking their, their success in the community and reinvesting it through of philanthropy. And as you know, there's other that are smaller and quieter, perhaps, foundations that are also doing some great work. And it's and what you say is so true. Uh, this is, this is a, a, I think, part of our culture here in Western New York, that those families that have been fortunate enough to, to uh, do well here, um, some, some just take off, of course, but so many of them stick around in one way, shape, or form, if not physically, through philanthropy, which I think is a wonderful thing. Well, when the perfect example of that, Peter, is, is and people that can relate to it and we're still living it, is the whole COVID um, uh, challenge that we've had, where at the beginning of uh, the, what was going on with the COVID, uh, we partnered with the Community Foundation and about 30 to 40 other funders public and private, and have invested, uh, you know, 14, 10, 12 to $14 million back into the community and did it in a quick fashion so that uh, these people were able to recover and we were able to help them recover. How have the functions and work of the John R. O'Shai, John R. O'Shai Foundation changed as a result of the, of the pandemic? Well, it uh, it actually it, it changed prior to the pandemic and really one of the areas that i'm most 
proud of is that we've really done more than just writing a check. And we learned early on, every five years, the foundation does a anonymous grantee perception report. The Center for Effective Philanthropy does it for us. It's anonymous. And what we heard from people was, yes, we love you. Thank you for your check. But don't forget about us. And we need your help. And so eight years ago, we really expanded that whole area and collaboration and really, which allowed us to be up to speed and where we could quickly partner with others in order to really have a more collective impact in this community. So I can't tell you, and one of the areas that we're most proud of, uh, although we are proud of many of them, is we created a fellowship program that was really all about trying to bring out the best uh, of our, and we created the the Oshai Fellowship for Leaders of Color. And we are in our, well, we have, well, we give away $15 million a year. We're investing maybe $250,000 a year in this initiative where we take 24 up-and-coming young people of color and put them through a the Rockwood Institute a week of fellowship training. And I can tell you that it has been profound to this community. It is a tribute to the, our vice president of philanthropic support, Karen Spaulding, who was also retiring at the end of this year. And we're naming it now the Karen Lee Spaulding O'Shea Fellows Leaders of Color. So that, because while we all love this community and we all know how great it is, there are pockets where people really need help. And that's what philanthropy is supposed to identify. We've done, we did it with COVID and we've done, we will continue to do it. And that's why we have a staff that really is well-trained and understanding, uh, you know, how about the fact that many of these kids for the last year have been learning from home and distance learning, but many of these, you know, 30% of the houses on the east side didn't even have internet service. So, you know, it's that type of, those types of challenges that, you know, the, most people in this community aren't aware of. And you know what? We're here to serve everyone in the community. And whether, you know, we all love the, the, the high profile, you know, uh, initiatives and, and great buildings and, and all that, that effect, all those effects, but uh, we're here to serve everyone in the community. I couldn't agree more with you, Robert, about the the needs in certain parts of our community and, and really the distance between where they are now and making it a lot better is not that far, in my opinion. There are certain things that I think could happen relatively quickly. And I think sometimes we take this on a two broad a scale and, and look at the problem and just it appears insurmountable. For example, there's there are enormous number of vacant lots on, in in many parts of our town, but particularly in the east side. And one of the things that that we're obviously very interested in is how we can repurpose those lots, put new houses on them, and and bring them to market in a way that that uh, would allow people to <clears throat> actually own a home. There's a lot of talk, as you know, we you mentioned about the beautiful buildings and all the great things that are happening. Um, 
principally among the larger developers in town, but most of those units are for rent. One of the things that disturbs me, I guess, is that is, is the vast gulf between uh, the net worth of people that rent a home, that rent anything, that live in rental housing, let's say, and those people that, that actually are fortunate enough to own a home. And the disparity between those of um, in various populations within this country, the disparity in home ownership rates. For example, recently in the Wall Street Journal, it was published that the African-American community, black community, has a, a home ownership rate of 42.4%. The white community, it's it's over 70%, 72 or 73%, I can't remember the exact percentage. The Hispanic community is something just 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 a little bit above the black community somewhere around 43%. And this is, and even the Asian community is not much higher than that. So I know you've got, you've got a series of initiatives that are part of um, your foundation's, um, I guess, direction. One is strengthening neighborhoods. Do you, do you see this as an issue? I mean, do you see what you do at, at John Arashai? Is it relating to the issue of homeownership just, just as part of your focus? Absolutely. You know, it, it's one of our pillars within our mission, and that is to develop and create and support and sustain stable neighborhoods. Because Buffalo is a bunch is is a, is is a collection of neighborhoods, and the neighborhood on the east side has a demographic and needs much different than the the, the neighborhood on on the north side. And, and what we need to be able to do is to try and fit the needs of each of those communities in order to help and generate uh, not only uh, stability, but also comfort and protection so that people can really understand that you can live in any part of this community. There shouldn't be these barriers to entry. And that's, and we can, we do that through CDFIs and, lo- and loans and to for little and it's really about small businesses and I think Peter it what what I've been preaching about lately and my staff I could they when I get on my bully pulpit the, the, I can hear their eyes roll is that the, there are there are no silver bullets out there I think 10 or 15 years ago this community learned we don't need a bash pro on the waterfront. And so let's not try and take big steps, take little steps, and do what we are referring to on the outer har- inner and outer harbor is lighter, quicker, cheaper. And you see the progress there, and you also see the progress on the, on the east side, and whether it be in little corner delis, whether it be in little businesses. But the more we can do that, the more people will be out in the neighborhood and be outside and will be proud of where they are. They'll start walking to school and will create neighborhood schools again, which is just really about what this community is all about. In the last several years, it appears as though, but from what I can see, that the, the largest percentage of your gifting goes to strengthening neighborhoods. Um, is that, is that, that's what you're talking about here, correct? Ask that again. I'm sorry. I, I said the largest percentage of your of your gifting through the the foundation is through this um, topic of this category of strengthening neighborhoods, and, and is that that's what you're referring to here? Correct. 
it, it's probably, you know, it's, it's between 20 and 30 percent, but it's difficult to divide it because many of our grants cover different, they, they cover multiple areas of, of focus. And so how we divide that up, but I, I would say between healthcare and between education, and, and I would say education is number one. Healthcare is number two, and stable neighborhoods is number three. But they're all—they can all change within a year uh, because we're, we look at new stuff every year. And you know, how do you categorize it? I can't—I can't take a grant and split it and say, okay, thirty percent goes in this focus area and thirty percent goes in that focus area. So, uh, stable neighborhoods is critical. We're talking to several organizations now for multi-million-dollar grants that would really transform the neighborhood, especially the east side of Buffalo. If you look around our community, <clears throat> even in the city, outside of the city, what you see that's emerged really over the last 20, 25 years is just what you're referring to, which is uh, the concentration of retail uh, within a walkable environment. Um, the Elmwood Village, Hurdle Avenue, the, the Village of Hamburg, the Village of East Aurora, I could go on and on and on. But these have been basically transformed through the streetscapes, through um, the, the strengthening of the neighborhood housing um, for sale for the most part. And this is, this, is a, this is a model that really has been championed across the country. And, and what we're doing here, I, I think, is really um, it's, it's underreported and it's, it's, we, we don't champion what we're doing enough, I think, because I've, I've seen massive transformation. That same thing could happen in any part of our city. Uh, I had the mayor of, of Buffalo, Byron Brown, on last week, and we're having his opponent on next week. Um, and and I, I guess the, the issue that I see here is how, how we can take neighborhoods that are – take, I hate to say it, put it that way – but how we look at a neighborhood that has been largely ignored for a long time. And that's the, the west side of Buffalo, there are sections of that that have been – um, I think are spontaneously uh, coming back to life in many ways right now. But how would you how would you advise? I guess any administration that comes in in the, in the uh, next year, early next year, how would you advise them to focus what you're saying and work in conjunction with organizations like yours to 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 create real change in these neighborhoods and re really bring about the kind of exciting redevelopment that we've seen in the, in the other areas that I mentioned? Well, I think what, what my advice would be is to gather stakeholders within within the neighborhood that you're, you would like to focus in on and create a, a plan which really starts with developing, and this is, this is done all over, the, an anchor tenant, if you will. Start small build on each individual success and engage the neighbors and engage the neighborhood. There are, there are, you know, whether you know, there are, uh, organizations, whether it be uh, weedy, whether it be Pathstone that can, can, can will loan these, uh, little shop owners and independent owners, uh, low interest loans and, and really help them, run a business and the the minute you start you know you, on a corner and it could be a corner delicatessen 
it just starts. And then once the delicatessen is open, well, the vacant, uh, vacant lot, a vacant building next door, somebody wants to put a little restaurant in there or something of that nature. So it, it, it just starts small. I, I don't think there are not, I have not seen plans where it's just a massive redo. And I think what we recognize is if you drive around the city now, you're saying, wow, where did all this come from? And just sort of quietly, you know, rehabbing the buildings and and creating, you know, resident mixed use, not only uh, residential but also some small retail. And because, you know, this is we love our Four Seasons. We found that out on the outer. We found it out on the waterfront. I mean, people were skating and you know, and a nice a nice outside in the ice rinks and or they're wa- or biking on the outer path, outer harbor path. So, uh, and even with COVID, you know, people started to see that, you know, eating outdoors and, you know, most communities, we love our four seasons. And I I would say I would start slow, continue to start slow and take, take, build on each success. And you'll find that it it can be very, very rewarding. Speaking of uh, little steps here, just before we go to break, um, there is a new project opening today a project it's a it's a 12 unit condominium for sale which is a conversion of a of a historic church at the corner of Burden Hoyt which, Hoyt which is the first um, today is the first day that uh, the public will be able to see the uh, the units are beautiful little units but that's refers to what you're saying uh, one step at a time <clears throat> one little project at a time instead of um, this <clears throat> kind of grandiose thing and you referred to the Bass Pro thing. How how long did we hang on that thing? And before that, how long did we hang on the Adelphia project on the waterfront? We, we love our magic bullets here, but you were involved in, in somewhat of a, of, a, of a silver bullet. And I'm going to ask you about that when we come back to the, that actually was completed after the break. And we'll be right back with more with Robert Joya after these very important messages from our house to yours. When it comes to buying a home, you can count on Hunt Mortgage to help you find a loan that fits your unique needs. Only Hunt Mortgage offers you a $1,000 pre-purchase commitment guarantee, which gives you a competitive edge when putting in your offer on a home. At Hunt Mortgage, we'll make your home financing experience efficient, easy, and stress-free. Put our generation of experience to work for you. Apply online today at HuntMortgage.com. Guarantee terms and conditions apply. Hunt Mortgage is a licensed mortgage banker. NMLS 37405. New York Department of Financial Services and an equal opportunity lender. Welcome back to our house. This is Peter Hunt, and the show is brought to you by the ever-improving HuntRealEstate.com, where everything is truly easier for your real estate and homeownership experience. HuntRealEstate.com is the only place on the web where you can find not only a complete inventory of homes available in all the markets we serve, but you'll also find access to a complete set of homeownership services at HuntRealEstate.com, which is powered by Hunt Real Estate ERA. And the show is also brought to you by Hunt Mortgage. And for more information about our exclusive program that is your assurance of the lowest rate and closing costs, the Second Look Program, call 633-3700 and ask for details. If you watch television at all or turn on your computer, you're going to be inundated with mortgage offerings, particularly to refinance your current program. And they're proliferating today. How are you going to know that you're getting the very best deal? Here's how. Let us take a second look through Hunt Mortgage's Second Look program. There's no risk or, co- or cost, and we're so convinced this will help you that you'll receive a gift, gift certificate just for allowing us to take a look. 
that second look at whatever you have received from another lender. So call today, 633-3700. And while you've got them on the phone, ask them about a pre-purchase commitment and even our warm home loan only at Hunt Mortgage, 633-3700. We have a very special show for you today. Live remote, respecting social distance, is Robert Joya, the president of the John R. O'Shai Foundation. Um, Robert, before the break, <clears throat> you were talking about, um, you'd mentioned um, the Bass Pro thing, and I kind of jumped on that a little bit. But there, we, we did have a bit of a, a silver bullet here in western New York, which is really the redevelopment of the waterfront. You were deeply involved in all that. How, how, how did that, I mean, it take us the rest of the morning for you to describe how, how all that came about, but th- that's where there was, I think, a, a tremendous public-private partnership that generated really a whole new scene uh, in the city. And one of our texters was uh, commenting that if you're here to serve the community, you should do it for everybody. And, and I think this is a perfect example of, of, of exactly that. How does that whole project stand today? And you know, give us a little brief, little history of that. Well, the, the history is that Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation was created under Governor Pataki, and actually, the first chairman was my my brother uh, at the time, uh, uh, Ambassador Tony Joya. So he, he's still your brother, isn't he? Yes, he is. Still, he's still my brother. Love dearly. Uh, we. We, we have interesting debates at, at, at times. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we have the same vision, and that is let's, let, let's do what's best for this community. And, you know, having the same father, obviously, you know, we, we learned early on that if the, if, the, if, the, if the community is good to you, then give back to the community. So um, I, you know, so this, the... Um, Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation started with the demolition of the old odd and the, I don't know, I can't remember the number of acres, but, uh, and they created this public benefit, this New York State organization board uh, appointed by the governor, uh, expanded, and I think I'll just start, and it's really it's both an inner harbor and it's an outer harbor. And there's really several initiatives and different degrees of where each of the initiatives are. But the inner harbor is is next to, as I don't think, I think everyone is familiar with it. And it is where the uh, Wilson uh, Explorer Museum is. The new carousel is there. Uh, we're about to break ground with the, uh, Nick Sinatra with a mixed-use residential and retail uh, section on the on the South Odd Block, and then we're going to be going out to bid in another year on the North Odd Block to uh, another mixed-use facility, more residential and retail, and creating yet another neighborhood for this community and really connecting people to the water. The Outer Harbor was really generated about 10 years ago when the NFTA, when the governor at the time, Andrew Cuomo, made sure that the NFTA sold, and I say sold, their 200 acres uh, to Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation. And now that we have that, 
and now that we're developing it, it it's really about, as I said to you before, Peter, is, is it's involving the community. It's been a 10-year study. In the last five years, and especially on the Outer Harbor, is to how develop how to develop it. And we think we've come up with a plan that allows everybody to be heard. You know, you deserve, everyone deserves a seat at the table, just not everyone can't be at the head of the table. And it is interesting that the, the most of the vocal uh, and media attention has been not on the 200 acres of land that we're developing, but eight and a half acres of land. And I just have to say to you that this is just something that people want to interact on the water. They want to connect to it. And I can't tell you the number of people, especially with with COVID and now with the bike paths and soon to be even more uh, to be benefiting us. It's going to be quite, in, quite a beauty and you know, not many communities have this luxury of having a, a connectivity to the water. And we love being connected to the water. It's just a peaceful piece of ta- part of ta- part of our lives. And it, and it can be enjoyed by multiple, multiple interest groups. And the more that can uh, connect with it, the better off we are. Robert, when I started my uh, experience in real estate way back when, it was it was interesting. At that point in time, I, I heard a, a very powerful statistic that we here in the Niagara Frontier had 90 miles of undeveloped waterfront. And I know that a lot of a lot of it has been developed since then. But we still have one of the largest areas of undeveloped waterfront anywhere in the United States, which is which is truly remarkable. Right. And and just just in the last couple of years, how many how many different I guess uh visions have we seen for the land that you're talking about and are we settled on one now well i well are we settled on one I, you know we we think we are the the common council has approved the outer harbor plan um and the special use permits i mean what we did was in the beginning and i also want to take a moment to to you talk about 90 miles and then it, it really is an organization that's vastly involved in this is the ralph c wilson jr foundation from all the way from Art Park all the way down to the Erie Basin Marina, and even even beyond down to the small boat harbor. So, and Wilson is is creating Centennial Park uh, and, and the connectivity to not only that but also to um, the waterfront and part of the uh, Erie Canal Harbor Development folks uh, or uh, programs. So the initiatives uh, Wilson is creating a park. Uh, and re- redesigning it um, on the uh, on the waterfront by Centennial Park, right across right downtown Buffalo. Um, what we're doing on the Inner Harbor is is mixed use and retail, and on the Outer Harbor, it's uh, you're gonna you're gonna you know it's really gonna be um, broken into three categories, and and you know one is uh, it's called you know the first buffalo marina which is about 15 acres which is the the boats that are parked right across this, right across the buffalo river that you can see from if you're walking in canal side you can see all those boats that will be developed that's part of it from wilkeson point all the way down to the big old terminals down on the southern portion 
of the uh, the parcel, uh, which is about 160 acres. It's it's all ecological diversity, and it's really all about uh, uh, it's one step below a park, and that's how it's zoned. And and we agreed with that zoning so that any changes have to go through a public process. This is not an organization. It's not being governed by an organization that just does what it wants to do. And then the last is the the uh, mixed-use zone down by the old Terminal B and Terminal A, and it's really about recreation, festivals, and even some entertainment. And there's been some controversy about the amphitheater that's being created, but how many communities have we all been to where people would love to people just love to during the nice weather that we have and i'm talking from may to october to just sit outside sit on the waterfront and listen to a wonderful concert whether it be the philharmonic or a a slight rock light rock but clearly um is something that you know we had to listen to a lot of people uh we even had i have a letter from the uh, advocates of uh, 21st Century Park talking about how wonderful we have been in planning this and listening and changing so that's so that everybody can enjoy uh, the, the, the the benefit of being on the water. You know, you refer, <clears throat> you refer, Robert, to the Centennial Park, and I'm sure you're aware of the fact that the UB School of Architecture was awarded a an opportunity to once again participate in the Venice Biennale with a with a, uh, a display, and I, I went to the first one where we we did a thing on. Uh, the, anyways, it's fabulous. But now, uh, the the one we're engaged in right now is all about the Centennial Park and the involvement of the of UB in that whole process. I'm sure you're aware of that. Are you? Mm-hmm. We've 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 been in close communication with. Wilson and their efforts in in Centennial Park, and, and not only because of their connectivity in the philanthropic arena, but also because I'm chairman of the Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation. You know, they need to know what we're doing. We need to know what they're doing, and let's not duplicate. Let's complement each other. No question about it. Um, we've got a couple callers on the line. I'm going to ask them to hold until after the break. But before we go to the break, there's been uh, this just a quick comment. There's there's two buckets of of dollars that are coming into our community, one through the county and one through the city. Have you been involved in how those dollars are going to be allocated as a result of this, of all the the COVID legislation and the allocation of dollars into all communities all across the country? Uh, it, it, directly and indirectly, they've they've had. There's been, you know, I give the mayor a lot of credit for creating a plan that is wide and diverse and there will be a process to apply for these funds and it's a publicized plan that you know i think it's several hundred million dollars it's over 300 million yeah over 325 million dollars and it it, it's readily available uh you know and i would urge your our listeners to to uh look at it it's the city of buffalo's uh you know uh economic survival plan what what is the what is there i'm looking quickly here american rescue plan act Mm -hmm. and uh yes we've been involved and we will continue to be involved 
uh, it will not only and it will really support many of the organizations that are doing the hard work uh, and having great success throughout Western New York. And we'll be right back with more with Robert Joya from the John R. Shai Foundation after these very important messages from our house to yours. When it comes to buying a home, you can count on Hunt Mortgage to help you find a loan that fits your unique needs. Only Hunt Mortgage offers you a $1,000 pre-purchase commitment guarantee, which gives you a competitive edge when putting in your offer on a home. At Hunt Mortgage, we'll make your home financing experience efficient, easy, and stress-free. Put our generation of experience to work for you. Apply online today at HuntMortgage.com. Guarantee terms and conditions apply. Hunt Mortgage is a licensed mortgage banker. NMLS 37405. New York Department of Financial Services and an equal opportunity lender. Welcome back to our house. This is Peter Hunt, and this show is brought to you by the continuously improving HuntRealEstate.com, where everything is truly easier for your real estate and home ownership experience. This show is also brought to you by Hunt Mortgage, NMLS number 37405. Hunt Mortgage is an equal opportunity lender. Call them today about our many uh, very interesting programs that make it a lot easier for you to go through the process of getting a mortgage and buying a home or refinancing the one you have. We're live remote this morning with Robert Joya, who is the president of the John R. O'Shai Foundation and also the chairman of the board of the Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation. We've been spending a large part of the last segment talking about the waterfront. But we've got a couple of callers, Robert, that I'd like to have you uh, respond to. The first one is Gustav from Williamsville. Gustav, how can we help you? Good morning. Thank you. Um, I'm curious if O'Shai Foundation is specifically interested in the immigrant population. It's been a nice little uptick in the last several years and whether they work with groups such as Journey's End uh, toward uh, moving folks into homes and jobs. Many of these people are highly skilled people who come in and I'm just curious if there's a, if the O'Shai Foundation is involved with the pipeline for moving these folks into the community. Interesting question, particularly today, Robert. How would you respond? I, I would say we are actively involved uh, and have been uh, all every all of the 15 years that I've been involved, whether it be uh, with uh, DVA, whether it be the International Institute and all the organizations that welcome immigrants. Uh, when we heard, a perfect example, when we heard of the 350-some um, Afghan uh, refugees coming to Buffalo. Uh, we awarded $25,000 to the, in, the International Institute. And But what's most important is when we learned of this initiative, when we learned of this issue, we went to the, the community uh, groups to work with the, the immigrant population and said, you all have to work together. And if you work together, we'll award you some money and we'll help you get more money in order to really get started. And so the answer is we have done that. And I would say, Peter, the, and to your caller, the O'Shai Fellows for Color, Leadership for Co Leaders of Color, is exactly that. And, and what is the, uh, the, the uh, demo dem demographics of that, that population uh, of, of the third cohort is, is a representative of the types of community and the demographics that exist in Western New York. Our next caller is James from Hamburg. James, how can we help you? Uh, yes, yeah, so I work in a private school in South Buffalo, and we have several Oshai students that come to come to our school from the east side. 
And some, some of them take two or three buses just to get there. So they leave at like 6.30 in the morning. And I was hoping that one day we could possibly get a, an NFTA bus or a, a, a private bus just to get our students there. Because what happens is they arrive late, some of them, because of the NFTA bus schedule. And then they're getting behind. And, and I want these students to be successful, but sometimes they're late for their classes. So, so it's, it's kind of frustrating that uh, we can't get that transportation from the east side to South Buffalo, like one bus, so they can get there on time and get, get a well-rounded education. Well, we couldn't agree with you more. The transportation for the private schools and especially the population that we support for the private schools, and we call it our EDCO, Education Collaborative, uh, is very challenging. So, um, you know, what I would say, you know, let's, let me check with, uh, we have connections. An NFTA bus is very difficult because you're dealing with federal regulations, et cetera, but um, th- there, there, there must be ways to try and tackle this. And because, you know, we've also learned in the public education arena that students taking buses, and if they miss a bus, they just don't go to school. Um, so it, it, is, it is an issue that long-term we want to try and create a stable neighborhoods to overcome some of this, but if, if a young Oshai scholar is having difficulty with getting to school, and if you know of these people, please call me in my office and we will connect and we will try and figure something out. It's a very interesting <clears throat> comment because I, I know you are both involved with the <clears throat> public education as well as the private education in, in our community, which is which is very important. Um, and we've got about eight minutes left here, Robert. And one of the things I I wanted to ask you about two things really. One was how, how did you get where you are right now? And, and as you anticipate retirement um, in the not too distant future. I mean, I, I sensed a lot of energy in what you've said today. What are you going to do with all that energy? Well, <laughs> wife is asking me that as well. Um, I'm going to continue to do what what I, I've always done, and that is to bring people together uh, to collaborate. But l- let me talk to you, first of all, about my decision to retire from the foundation. You know, I mean, it has been a pleasure to serve as president of the foundation, and, 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 and it's a privilege to lead the team that we have over there. And I know my successor will will benefit tremendously and continue the efforts of what have been started and enhance them and improve them. So, but there is, there is a, a time when it is orderly for to transition and you know uh, 15 years of leading the organization is is something that has been a privilege as i've stated before uh it's time for someone else to come in and 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 move it and and continue to move it and have its powerful impact in this community uh i'm still the chairman of great lakes health which is a collaboration between ub collida ecmc and the hospice system um, and I'm chair, still chairman of Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation. So, you know, two entities that um, 
are pretty important to this two industries that are pretty important to this community and the development of our community. And I'm sure that I'll find some other uh, areas to be active and participate. Um, that's good news for some and probably bad news for others because, um, you know, it's, uh, we usually have very spirited conversations when you're dealing with significant change like and this community is just so, so resistant to change that it sometimes can be somewhat spirited and when, when you're chatting. But I look I look for I have an energy for it. But I also have a family and I wanna respect them and the support that they've given me all my years and uh you know, really enjoy um watching others help and I'm here to help other initiatives and do what do what I love doing, and that's you know what that's just making a better community and and giving back and making a difference. Part of that, I guess, that picture that you just described will inevitably um, be influenced by whomever is elected mayor of the city of Buffalo. This show is sandwiched between both of the candidates. We heard from the mayor last week, as I mentioned, and we're going to hear from uh, his opponent next week. Um, if you were to advise whomever. Um, either the mayor continuing in his in his role, or a new mayor. What what sort of advice would you would you give them, given everything that you've said so far here today? My advice would be to, and it has been, it's collaborate. Um, listen, get into a room with folks, tell people to check their egos at the door and their organizations. We do that with Great Lakes Health. And we have, we're here to do what's best for the community. And you know what? Whoever is elected on November second may not have all, won't have all the all the right ideas or the best ideas. But he or she will will hopefully. I would urge them to listen to stakeholders, listen to both sides, and make a decision that what is best for the community and going forward to the population that uh, is so unique and, and you know you, you just can't say enough about buffalo Every, everywhere peter you travel a lot and your listeners travel a lot everywhere you go they you they are asked where are you from buffalo oh they know somebody they've been here they love you know just come and visit and you'll see what a great community is and so that's why you know I still have a lot of gas in my tank and will continue to stay engaged and involved. And I'm sure that people are, <laughs> I will, I'm not shy to call people and, and discuss, you know, what their thoughts are and why they're heading in a direction. And, and we, we debate it. And, and if my children are listening, their, their eyes are going to roll here. My favorite saying is, you know what? You only need to win four out of seven to be world champion. So you're not going to bat a thousand. And if you make a mistake, understand you made a mistake and correct it and you know fortunately this community is exactly that with bass pro and look at the difference you know you're exactly right and i, I appreciate that advice <clears throat> i'm certain that uh, perhaps neither of the candidates are listening right now but i think anyone listening would be well advised to take the advice that you just provided 
Um, you know, you talk about going someplace and bumping into somebody or having them ask you about where you're from, and, and it's always it's always interesting. Whenever you say you're from Buffalo, inevitably they smile. I don't know why, but they they smile. One of our one of our sales professionals happened to be on the subway in New York City um, in in the recent couple of weeks, and she had a, a tote bag with our company name on it. And sitting across from her, this couple looked over and, and came up to her and said, and said, are you from Buffalo? And she said, of course, yes. And she goes, you know, I, we, bought our, we bought our first house in Buffalo in 1977 from Peter Hunt, <laughs> which is astounding. There's, the Buffalo connections are everywhere, which, which I find to be uh, kind of fun and, and exciting and, and makes us all, I think it makes us all proud and certainly Robert, in the role that you've played over the last 15 years and long before that, I, re- I really wanted you to go into some kind of the greatest hits of Robert Joya over the last umpteen years. But um, we'll have to do that another time, and, and maybe you'll come back again and tell us after you, after you do leave the foundation um, what what great things you're you're be doing in, the, in our community going forward, and you touched on a couple of them already, which you're already committed to. You know, it, it, it's critical, Peter, that the leaders within institutions in Western New York understand that there have we have a responsibility to transition to the next generation of leaders, and whoever that may be. When you know, when I retired from the NFTA after we opened up the new airport, it was important to leave it in a position. You want to leave it in in a state that better than you found it. And, you know, but Oshai was in great shape when I took it over and it, we, we changed and we tweaked it. And I, I suspect that there's going to be some changes with, with the new leadership. And you know what? That's great because we are changing. We are. Look, look at what's happening in this community with the whole COVID and what workforce and all that. So uh, we just need to be good listeners, you know. And I've also tell people, surround yourself with great people and learn how to listen. And that's why I have the greatest team over at Oshai. I couldn't agree more. Um, I just want to remind our listeners again that the Cornerstone Lofts will be open for the first time today at the corner of Bird and Hoyt. Twelve units, priced between low 200s and low 400s, are truly cool and unique units. Visit there today. Uh, visit this afternoon. Robert Joya, president of the John O'Reilly Foundation, thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me, Peter. We'll be back next week at the same time, and as I mentioned, we'll be having um, India Walton on at that time. And remember, when it comes to Real estate all of upstate is hunt country. WBEN Buffalo, WKSE 3, HD 3, Niagara Falls. An Odyssey station. Live from the Aesthetic Associates Center Studios, this is News Radio 930 WBEN.